You're listening to the Act As If Podcast with Coach Roel. Real life success stories in business and investing as they happen. And now, here's your host, Coach Roel. All right, welcome to part two of our Act As If podcast interview with the illustrious Kurt Warner. And last time we had covered a lot of stuff. Kurt is quite prolific in real estate investing, business consulting, and personal trading, the financial markets. And so, whereas last time we were talking about his vision and acted as if all of the stuff that he's he's working towards of, as of present day have already come true. That's how I'd interviewed him. Today, we're going to unpack what uh, he thought of the experience and, and how much of that is actually a reality right now and what his vision is for the next 12 or so months as we make the previous episode a reality starting from today. So welcome back, Kurt. Thank you very much. Glad to be back. <laughs> yeah, it's just when we record this, it's only like two minutes afterwards. Uh, but uh, the magic of the internet and podcasting and YouTubing these days, right? I should have changed my shirt. So Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be skins. I'll take off my shirt. No, <laughs> let's not do that. So I'm really excited to give you the platform to, because a lot of that stuff actually has already started. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that as we were going through that act as if um, exercise, which I also want to ask about your experience is that it seems so realistic because we have been talking for you know pretty regularly for the last several weeks, every week or so. Um, so let's unpack that. How much of that is, is on the real estate side. So what is, you know, manifested today and how much of that is, is going to be something that you're, it's a goal for the near future. You know, really um, the momentum of this year, you know, to this point with real estate. And this year being toward 20, November, 2021. November, 2021. So yeah. I was, um, after we got our last accepted offer with uh, JFK properties for duplex, um, and then also got an accepted offer for the duplex um, that I have in Timmins. It's outside of JFK. Um, I kind of went through trying to figure out, okay, how much real estate have we transacted or I've been involved in you know, this year, and it was um, roughly 3 million. And, you know, I say that and I'm like, whoa, that's like, it's a big number. It's a big number um, when you're not talking about, you know, the big single family home, but, you know, multiple transactions, acquiring, um, disposing of uh, previous properties as well. Um, To give perspective, what would be like the average uh, purchase price of one of those transactions? So on the low end, 168,000 acquisition um, that we're selling for 262. Um, up to the largest one was 690,000. Sorry, 695 was the biggest one. And then we're kind of in between. So it's nothing's like, you know, one property was 2 million or one and a half of the three. It was a lot of, you know, smaller to mid-size uh, properties and transactions. So that's been awesome. Um, it's a pretty so, good volume. Yeah. So the volume's been good. And, and you know, looking at more, it's gotten to a point where, 
you know, I think it was the day or two after we had the accepted offer on the duplex for JFK properties up in Timmins, uh, we all started looking for the next one. We had no idea how we we're going to fund it yet, but we're like, okay, let's go get another one because the cash, cash looks amazing. We have a plan of what we're going to do with it. Um, we do have some options for funding. And so we do know we have some options, but we haven't solidified anything, uh, but we're ready to look for the ne- next one. So with mm-hmm. that momentum driving us forward, um, you know, that is definitely uh, amazing. And then just looking at the profit on the duplex that uh, sold in Timmins, looking at moving into, you know, a three or a fourplex, um, going to be patient, wait for something that has some upside uh, potential as well as short-term cash flow. Uh, looking at that for a year ish to two, as long as the market, you know, as long as the strategy remains the same and we're adding value to NOI, even if the market itself isn't appreciating anymore, just based on the value uh, from the revenue standpoint, should be able to turn that around and then look at a vacation uh, property in Antigua. And, you know, it's taken a while to get to the point of deciding it would be Antigua until I had a conversation with somebody and um, just looking at the real estate market. And since my parents are there, it's like, okay, why didn't I see this, you know, a year right. ago? Right. Um, so I was tempted, tempted to look at it earlier. Um, but I just think one more, one more deal and then do that once, you know, I know I can travel there and enjoy it more. One more Canadian deal and then international and then, investor. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. And you mentioned uh, being able to bring value to, to a joint vest, joint venture investors or to investors, yeah. is that actually a reality today, or is that something? Is that was that a vision of yours? So we did have our first investor on a sixplex, uh, mm-hmm. which was awesome, and it's looking like their returns will be say low end nine to twelve percent, and that's just cash flow and preferred. And then once we uh, sell or refinance, then you know they'll be able to to get more. So. The, that's kind of their minimum return. Um, we have oh, so nine to twelve percent is their uh, their cash flow profit, cash month, flow profit monthly, and then when you sell, they're going to get yeah. another percentage then from get the a sale. Percentage of that as well. So very we have, cool. unfortunately for those watching this, we have changed our structure uh, where we're going to now keep uh, equity, and I think part of it is that you know talking to other investors. Um, it's just an easier, cleaner way to structure it with the joint venture partners. Um, not that we are not open to other discussions where an investor might have an equity stake, but our initial approach is going to be a return that, you know, benefits them better than, you know, if they're, you know, just putting money into mutual funds or anything like that. So better return for them, uh, secured by obviously, you know, real estate and allows our business to also generate cash flow and kind of have control for the long term of what we want to do. Um, looking at short term, two year minimum, and obviously, if an investor wants to stay in longer at the percentage that we've negotiated from the beginning, then absolutely, um, as long as it works for the business and works for them. Mm-hmm. So I'll put you on the spot. Mini commercial. What's the value that you can bring to a new investor who maybe? listening to this or watching this and saying, oh, this, this guy seems pretty cool. Uh, I'd like to start a conversation. What value could you bring to them as investors in your projects? I think the value for somebody that is new to investing or just anybody that wants a better return, you know, we've built a great team. Um, you know, it's something in all of our, like all of our 
partners understand the value of the team. So when we went up to, um, you know, Sudbury and Timmins, we, our first kind of order of business was to find and build a team. Uh, so we've been working with them now for two years, actually going on two and a half, uh, close to two and a half years with them. Um, and they consist of everything from, you know, mortgage brokers to lawyers to realtor property managers. So it really is a system, um, including insurance. So everything is kind of in place where, you know, we know exactly what we're going to get from them, um, from quality, um, our realtors kind of being the head of all of it. He knows exactly what we're looking for in properties. So we don't even, we don't go see them. He'll go take a look. He'll go with on the, uh, if we get to the point of doing an inspection, uh, he'll do a video walk through us with us and we'll give us his honest opinion, whether it's something that fits what we're looking for or not. Um, and you know, every deal that we've done, um, has been a successful one. So, it's really having the confidence of being with investors that have been there and done it, provided great returns for people that have invested also in addition to our company. Um, also just being hands off and just saying, Hey, this is the return I want and need and, you know, being able to generate it. Mm-hmm. Now that's great with the business consulting now. So as it is right now, we're recording this in November, 2021 and you have done at least one presentation. Yes. So what's, I guess, how much from the previous was part of your vision and how much of it is actually um, like manifested today in reality? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Meet Sarah. Sarah is a successful corporate executive with a small but growing portfolio of investment properties with the hopes of one day quitting her day job and investing in real estate full-time. However, with soaring property prices, ridiculous bidding wars, and government-mandated rent controls, Sarah is finding it nearly impossible to find good cash-flowing properties these days. On top of that, Lopsided tenancy laws and super high taxes are discouraging her from adding to her real estate portfolio. Fortunately, Sarah recently joined the Snowbird Investor Club, a group of like-minded investors and business owners who have successfully expanded into Florida and applied to become a member. Through the Snowbird Investor Club's comprehensive trainings and white glove ongoing support programs, Sarah now has a bona fide cross-border property investing business and gets to choose how much or how little she works. At the same time, Sarah's family enjoys the best of what both Canada and Florida have to offer. By expanding into Florida property investing as a business, Sarah has finally achieved the ideal work-life balance that she's been chasing for so many years. Join the Snowbird Investor Club today and make your cross-border lifestyle dreams a reality. So the focus over the past three and a bit weeks has been with this particular kind of engagement with this company, Um, you know, it was kind of dual purpose with the fact of, you know, looking for another job. Um, But then also after we discussed kind of taking a different approach to it. Um, And I took the approach of, okay, if I was consulting for this business, and I was, you know, brought on over a three-week period of time to talk to the people, get to know, 
know the leaders of the business, get to know the product services, understand the vision, goals, direction. What would I put together as a presentation? What services would I be able to offer? And what connections could I bring to the table? Um, and so I executed that, um, did secure the job portion of it, but um, also the added value of you know connecting this business with other contractors, subject matter experts, trainers, salespeople to help, you know, really grow next year. So really excited for the next year for them um, as a business. And because um, I'm with them, obviously, I will have like a, you know, daily roles and responsibility to help see that vision through, which is pretty awesome. But what it has done from the business consulting side, say, okay, this process works. The only difference is instead of at the end of that three weeks, me doing a presentation to come on board, it's me doing a presentation to say, hey, now here's here's a plan, go for it. And I will be there alongside with you, but not actually working with you. So, you know, whether it's bringing in, you know, again. So is it kind of like, sorry to jump in, is it more like you're, you're positioning yourself as to work with them, but not for them? Correct, correct. Right. So I'll be there as a consultant. Um, so, you know, when we outlay the plans of, okay, these are the years of growth, this is the opportunity, these are going to be the targets, you know, I'm not the one doing it. If, you know, we, it might be a meeting a week for an hour as a consultant to say, okay, where are we with this project? What's holding you back? What, what do you guys need? And then helping them fill in the gap. So from a time standpoint, after that initial three weeks, it's kind of stepping to the side, here's your plan. And then the consultant um, aspect of it allows me to generate revenue on a monthly basis and then also help them, you know, fulfill the, the goals and plans that we outlined. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I'm going to put you on the spot as I love to do, <laughs> which is for, for those who don't know your background. So permission to brag permission for you to brag. You've been involved with some pretty big, and again, you don't necessarily have to name names, but I think it's okay if you name some of the brand names that you worked with. Uh, what's, give us an idea of the scale of the budgets you took care of, um, some of the events that you put on, like mm-hmm. a brief history of that, because you do have a pretty storied background on that side of things. Yeah. So um, as I tell people, like the company has with went through many name changes, as you know, and you were, you were there as well for part of those. Um, but the one that's most popular is Rich Dad Education. So um, our company, Legacy Education Alliance, partnered with uh, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad in 2006. Um, so, you know, had the opportunity to go from working in sales in 2004 to being uh, marketing manager 2008 to 2010, sales and marketing manager for 2010 to 2015, and then director of sales and operations from 2015 to 2019. Um, and how I always approached kind of my role um, within the company was I treated it like it was my own business. I was lucky enough to work with some, you know, great leaders, um, you know, definitely from the UK you know, that, you know, taught me a lot about business and leadership. Um, but it's, it's really understanding the numbers. You know, one thing that always sticks with me, if you understand your numbers, you can understand your business. So although Canada was not the biggest division, um, you know, we were doing anywhere from five to $8 million a year, um, but also had the opportunity to help kind of grow and expand 
um, internationally on the financial market side and going to places like, you know, India, Philippines, um, and Thailand, and also getting involved in the online kind of business, doing webinars and, and things like that. So different areas. Um, and I think because of that experience, it allowed me to see things from multiple perspectives, also managing an office internally with like a little telemarketing and customer service in there. So really getting the hands-on across the board to understand not only what the business needs, what the individuals that you know are part of that business need, but ultimately what the clients need on the other side. So, mm-hmm. And this was mostly live events, right? Because in this day and age of the pandemic and all this virtual stuff, it's kind of like the assumption is the baseline is, oh, these are all virtual. But no, these were live events. Like you were sending people overseas and you were yeah. looking at that. So a little bit about that, like someone who's, who's maybe seen some of those ads for, you know, learn how to invest in real estate, but pre-pandemic, these were in, in real life, IRL, <laughs> as the kids say. These were real life, uh, initially started, you know, through Canada, building a Canadian schedule of 40 plus weeks a year, um, selecting team members and speakers and kind of putting everything together, creating the budget for marketing and hotel expenses and sleeping room expenses, and then projecting revenue forecasting and being responsible for, you know, hitting that, hitting that target, working with the sales teams. Um, and then also when we went internationally, um, it was kind of, you know, I created my own little business within a business where, you know, I said, Hey, I was at a meeting in Florida and like, we want really want to expand the financial markets division. And I kind of put up my hand without knowing what I was getting myself into <laughs> Then just started researching different countries that had a high percentage of people that spoke English, understanding the economics of that country. So, you know, what the standard of living is. And one of the funniest things that uh, helped me was I looked at the cost of McDonald's in different countries to kind of determine, okay, if, you know, a Big Mac combo here is let's say $10 and it's like $3 over there. How do we adjust our pricing of our education? So it becomes somewhat affordable for kind of that middle class, which was kind of what we uh, targeted. So it was an interesting, interesting experience actually sending out teams to places I've never been to and working with event planners who have never been to some of these countries to find hotels and venues, working with a marketing company, just understanding, okay, well, how much should we spend in marketing? Um, And just kind of watching that daily to see if it was working or not. And then ultimately with the sales team, what do we need to adjust with price point to make sure that we're able to you know, generate enough revenue from this event um, that it makes sense. Um, so yeah, it was it was a lot. So taking those experiences is what I'm now bringing forth to um, the company I'm working with now. But then also, obviously, for my consulting business moving forward. Mm-hmm. Now there was we've we've had some chit chats about potentially uh, duplicating this in other countries because. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for those who don't know, you did send me overseas, and now I have claimed the fame to be able to say I've spoken in Malaysia, for example. Yeah. And then, uh, so I thank you very much for that, sending me there. That was a pretty amazing experience to speak in Malaysia on behalf of these financial markets trainings that we did. But while I was there, I remember mentioning to you that I've spoken to some locals as well, and there were some local people who are also trying to do similar things, which is to teach others how to 
invest in real estate, how to trade financial markets, entrepreneurship, et cetera. Now, when we talked about that, I know that you, there was a little bit of a twinkle in your eye about that. Is there any particular market or country that you would be most excited to work with uh, to be able to, because this podcast, this YouTube thing is going to be out there. And if you are listening to this or watching this, you know, and, and you may be in a position to need that kind of help. Well, Kurt Warner is, is the person to, to reach out to. So what would a, a new consultant that you could really bring a lot of help, a lot of value to, what would that look like? And what part of the world would they be in? I would say really any part of the world, um, English speaking, um, which, you know, limits somewhat, but also, you know, at least I'll be able to help. Unfortunately, I do not speak any other language. I should learn another one, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. I don't. So definitely have to be English speaking. Um, if it's financial markets, it doesn't matter, you know, where they are at all. From a real estate standpoint, obviously, you know, rules and laws running real estate, especially outside of Commonwealth countries is going to be a little bit different. But from a business standpoint, um, you know, I may not have connections with subject matter experts that know that real estate market. Um, but when it comes to creating the framework of that business and understanding how to create a good forecast, making sure you have marketing in place, a sales team in place, and all those other fundamental things to start to grow the business, then absolutely. So really, there are no, no limits geographically. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And then on the, um, on the trading side, are you actively trading for yourself right now? Or uh, have you been? How long has that been going on for, et cetera? So one of the things that um, I worked on with our good friend, Rosa Sargat, who I believe you also had on in an episode, I believe. Yes. Some kind. Yeah. So um, I worked with her um, almost two years ago now and uh, still following, you know, what she said as far as planning out, you know, your three month goals, your 12 month goals. So when I did this past quarter, one of my goals meant finishing a course I was taking. Um, and that would be the course that I would structure my trading around. So that is, they have a final exam, which is awesome. So the, my goal was by the end of this year. So December 31st, 2021 to write that exam, finish it. And then once proceeds from the sale of the duplex and Timmins, um, which as long as this offer goes through, they're still in due diligence, but so far no issues, nothing would, um, would fund my account with some of the proceeds from that. And then start actively trading myself. Mm-hmm. Spent nine years trading before, but uh, you know, took a break to focus on real estate. And now, now real estate's kind of at that place where I'm not spending a ton of time doing it. Now I want to, you know, fill that time between business consulting and also trading. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Now, in terms of the uh, overall experience of the previous episode, mm-hmm. how? easy or how difficult was it for you to put yourself in, in those shoes of your future self? Um, for me, maybe not as difficult as it might be for some, um, you know, again, just constantly, like I have my vision board, like right up there with a Very lot cool. of these things already written out. And so I get to see them, you know, every day. So it's always kind of in my face and, you know, I try to, which I do need to get better at, write out my daily kind of to-dos and weekly to-dos um, that kind of helps me stay on track to be able to achieve, you know, these goals. And, you know, thanks to Rosa, kind of get me started down down that path. And, 
and um, yourself as well for, you know, mentoring and kind of co-coaching um, to get there and, and yeah. And just, yeah. So looking forward to it. Um, I think from what I said in the previous episode, it's not um, to me, it doesn't feel like a stretch to me. It's just a matter of now just executing those, you know, little things on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to, to get there. So starting at, okay, this is where I want to be in a year and then start working my way backwards to mm-hmm. what I do now in order to make that happen. And this is part mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, that's what I really thought was really cool because although we were kind of playing uh, uh, characters in the previous episode, this time we were, uh, again, again, it didn't seem like a, like a big stretch. One last question I want to ask you before we wrap up is, uh, I didn't know you had a vision board that's always in front of you, so that's really great. I got I've just moved, so it's a different palm tree as it's talking about in the background, but I got to put that uh, vision board up as well. How is acting as if and having an, someone interview you about your vision? How is it different or similar compared to having a vision board? Um, I would say uh, it's different in the sense of now it's out there for the world. So it's one thing to have a vision board that helps you become accountable, but, you know, unless you're telling other people and showing other people, it's just there, you know, having this podcast go out now, it's like, okay, the whole world and hopefully Roel for you, there's millions and millions of people seeing it. Um, and that means there's millions of people, you know, hopefully we get to do a follow-up uh, a year from now and uh, that are going to hold me accountable. Yes. Very cool. I, I seem to say that a lot this episode. Very cool. <laughs> but it is. It is. And I'm very excited to see how it all plays out. But yeah, that's that's a huge part of it is I really, truly believe that if you have the, the courage to put it out there, then yeah, there's all that more. It's a good kind of pressure. So I heard someone say it's called eustress. There's, there's the negative stress, but then there's eustress. I think it's spelled EU stress. That is a positive type of stress mm-hmm. that pushes you to, to go forward. So that's what I'm hoping to do here. So once again, Kurt, my friend, thank you very, very much for playing the Act As If podcast game. And I'm sure you and I are going to continue to keep in touch. And hopefully not too distant future, we'll actually have uh, like a real life catch up and be able to talk about all the, all the things you really did manifest. Awesome. Looking forward to it. And thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, if you want other guests, I will gladly send your way because I think this is something everybody should uh, go through. And um, yeah, and looking forward to seeing the other stories as well. Yes, please. That would, uh, let's, let's help spread the word and give people this opportunity to really put themselves out there and manifest, act as if, until it's not an act anymore. Awesome. All right, Kurt. Take care then. All right. Thank you, coach. been listening to the act as if podcast with coach Roel real life success stories in business and investing as they happen 